When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Tell me I'm wrong. Nikita Kucherov is the Magic Johnson of the NHL. The way he sees the ice and makes plays to set up his teammates is as good as, as I've ever seen in hockey. And, and granted, you know, hockey is not the sport I cover. I watch a lot of it. But, man, when you consider the no-look pass to Braden Point from behind the net for the Lightning's first goal uh, in their 4-2 win over the Islanders Tuesday night, or how about his ability uh, to take that stretch pass from Hedman and then spin in and then out of trouble and then threads a perfect pass to Andre Palat for the go-ahead goal. He, he had three assists, and you know what it felt like, Steve? Like he was never off the ice. It felt like he played the entire game. It really did. It was uh, Marty St. Louis was in the building tonight. Mm. Of course, maybe the greatest bolt of all time. Yeah. And so we had him on a pregame show, the radio pregame show, and Dave Michigan was interviewing him. Interesting. And he asked him about Nikita Kucherov. And he said some interesting things, and I'm paraphrasing. Right. But he says he sees things differently than everyone. He's, he's seeing things beyond what people see. Mm-hmm. And those who don't understand hockey or aren't, you know, don't haven't played it or know it that in depth, right. will sit there sometimes and be like, oh, he's good, he makes good plays, or oh, that was a bad play, whatever. But he is seeing not just a good play, but the best play. In, in the mm-hmm. way he scans and analyzes the ice, that he, he's, he, it's an elite level of he can see more than everybody else and kind of, I don't want to say chest to checkers, and he didn't use that analogy, but you know, he is he is scanning and seeing everything that's going on and, and understanding where people are going to be and go. And, and he can create, you know, when he's on, I mean, the, the pass to Braden Point for the first goal, uh, the, the, the play to stall and, and then Braden Point rushed to the net as he's sitting there and Andre Plot's wide open right in front of the net. Um, most guys can't make that play. Most guys are going to get it in there and either shoot it on, on net or take it behind the net. Whatever. But he could kind of see what was happening. He just sees it at a, a different level than everybody else. And it, and when he's on, it is fun to watch. And and he's got 22 points now through 13 games in this playoffs. That is the third most in the last 30 years. Well, I guess the <laughs> fifth most. Wayne Gretzky and Doug Gilmore, 93, had 24 points. Joe Murphy in 22. In 92 at 23 points, and Nathan McKinnon last year had 23. And he's got 22, tied with Mark Retchie and Mario Lemieux. I mean, those are the names that he's in now, 22 points in his first 13 playoff games this year. And this is after not playing the whole regular season. Well, this is the thing. We're only we're only two games into the semifinals, right? We still have the NHL mm-hmm. uh, Stanley Cup finals potentially for him to, to go through. Who knows what kind of numbers he's going to put up before this is over, but you know, he was out all year. Let's not let's not minimize this. The man had hip surgery, right? And the Lightning did not think he would get back much before the end of the regular season, so they shelved him. He had to go through that rehab virtually by himself, uh, I'm sure with the help of some teammates or whatever. But then to come out, you know, there, there's, there's regular season intensity and then there's postseason intensity. And he had to jump in, 
you know, at, at the most critical point of the year in, in the playoffs. And he's just merely dominated, uh, you know, both series. I mean, the guy is next level. We knew he was a great player. We know he's one of the greatest players in the world. But when you when you just see the plays he makes, like you said, he anticipates things, I think, before his teammates even realize that, that they're in those positions. I mean, you know, credit. Obviously, Braden Point is an elite scorer in this league, right? He's tremendous, and he gets to areas where Kucherov finds him, uh, and he made a he made a great shot, uh, you know, even after that, taking that no look pass. So there there are some. It's just incredible how much skill we talk about it all the time that this hockey team has. But when you've got a point guard like Kucherov, who's capable of scoring as many goals as he wants, you know, any night, but just just his ability to set up his teammates and uh, the things he does with the puck and, and, and the game slows down for him in, in one of the fastest games in, in all of sport, it looks, like, it looks like everything is moving in slow motion for him. And that's, that's what the great ones do. They, they just make it look so easy, and it's not. It's incredibly hard, and it, it's just next-level stuff, and it's so much fun to watch. And look, the one thing I'll say is that, you know, th- this team, we talked about it uh, coming into the to the podcast, they have now won 10 straight playoff games over the last two years after losing, okay? So, you know, their ability uh, to raise their game when they really need to is unprecedented. I mean, you know, to, to not lose two in a row during the regular season is one thing. To do this in the postseason, uh, you know, it, it, th- there was so much on the line in that game Tuesday night, because if you go down 2-0, let's all be realistic and say you're not winning four out of five when you got to start by going into New York and playing the Islanders in their barn. So that's it's probably series over. It's not an elimination game yet, but let's be realistic. But for them to do it and, and, and do it in the way they did, look, it was clear that they came out on fire. And the physicality of this of this hockey game, I think Patrick Maroon – kind of set the tone um they were a desperate hockey team and they they showed it in every way you can show it and i think i just think the hits the you know just just the speed of the game um everything was different and that's what it takes you know to 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 take back control a little bit of this series and and avoid going down 2-0 it was it was tremendous hockey the the one thing you know about this lightning team and the 10-0 record says it is they take losses hard. And mm-hmm. it shows it shows the leadership in the room, mm-hmm. the coaches, the you know, the whole staff, whether it's maybe it's the video guys that do a tremendous job of here's everything we're we need to fix. But, you know, that veteran team that's been through so much and seen so much, you know, they you know, you have duds sometimes in the playoffs. Sunday was a dud. For the, the Lightning. It was not their best game. I didn't think they played awful, but not nearly their best game. And and so they come out. And, and the one thing I said all day today was people ask, you know, what's going to happen? I said, I think the Lightning win. I said, but I know that the effort will be a lot better than it was Sunday. That you're not going to see the same mental mistakes that they made over and over again. That they're going to compete. They're going to be physical. They're going to be shooting the pucks more and around the net more. Now, whether they win or lose, you never know. I mean, goalies can steal it. Pucks go off the side of the net or, you know, hit the post instead of going in. You know, goalie gets hot, all that stuff. But you knew they were going to have a better effort, and they did. And, and, you know, Cooper talked about that. You know, he said, mm-hmm. look, 
The series is 1-1, and it probably should be. Mm-hmm. You know, we played better tonight. They played better on Sunday. And now we, you right. know, we go to New York, and it's a best-of-five series. Right. He, he said uh, – he also said, and I think this is true too, and, and, and like, like he said, good on the Islanders, right, for, for coming in here in game one mm-hmm. and winning that game and taking it to us. He said, but it's kind of a weird year. I mean, they did not play this team all season long. And so there is, in most playoff series, a feeling-out process. Usually the team that loses is going to make those adjustments. The Islanders played a terrific game. They got the win. Uh, they, they did what they needed to do in coming down you know, here and getting home ice back to their advantage by winning one of the two. Um, but make no mistake, you know, the Lightning answered, and, and that's a big thing you know, going back up into New York. But um, – they ha- sometimes you have to feel guys on the ice. It's you know they played this team last year and and, and won to go to the Stanley Cup. Uh, a lot of the same players are there. They know the Islanders. This is not a team they're not familiar with. But still, it's been a year. And but just the I, I think it was more about the desperation, um, some mm-hmm. some fantastic playmaking. And oh yeah, Andre Vasilevsky. Uh, some of the saves he made at key points in this game again, were, were just remarkable. And, you know, we'll, we'll talk about just really all of it. And, I, you know, they got some tough breaks, too. This is the other thing that the Lightning had to do. They had to overcome what I thought was a, a very oh. difficult penalty, to say the very least. They're up one nothing, And Point absolutely gets cross-checked into the goaltender. And they call goaltender interference, give, you know, the give the uh, Islanders a power play. And, and, to their credit, they converted. You know, you can stop that power play. They did not, and it's 1-1. That's a bitter pill to swallow. I, I hated that call. I, I didn't see how Point was going to avoid him after getting essentially well, cross-checked into it. That's the second time this playoffs. If you remember, I believe it was the Florida series. Right. Kucherov on a breakaway gets pushed into, I believe it was Bob Roski. Okay. I'm trying to remember. They had three goalies in that series. It was not Spencer Knight. <laughs> they so did it was, have it was three, either right? Drieger or... Bobrovsky. Right. And we thought it was going to be a penalty shot. Sure. And it ended up being goalie interference on Cooch. And now this mm. happens again. I, I mean, what could Point do on that play? I mean, first of, all, first of all, it should have been a penalty. It should have been cross-checking. Right, exactly. I mean, you know, forget the goalie interference part or whatever. I mean, it should have been a lightning power play, not an Islanders power play. Mm-hmm. You know, and and you know, in point in the post game press conference, said I'm glad Var- Varlamov was was okay. I mean, I think he had to go back to the dark room for a little bit. I think the NHL called and said we need to check you out, and, and you know, glad he came back. I mean, you never want to see anybody get hurt, but you know, bring point. Where's he going to go there? He absolutely got cross checked into him, and, and you call. I mean, that's twice this play. I mean, that look. There, there's a lot of calls. You know, was it slashing? Did you get on the hands? You know, there's a lot of those questionable calls, and, and you know, you could sit there and say the ref blew the call or whatever else. Fine, that's an egregious miss. I mean, it was so obvious what happened, and it's not like Braden points a player that you know. There are some players that you know. The refs also know these players. There's some players that you're going in going. Oh, he's probably going to try to hit the goalie, and maybe you don't give him the benefit. Braden points not that type that of player at all. No. Mm-mm. You know that is not him at all. It, right. it, that was an agree, and it, it led to a goal for them. Now, you can also say that the Islanders got dealt a bad blow because the, the Lightning did have seven guys on the ice. Yeah, I was going to say goal. no question, no, and, it, and it had no bearing on the goal. But no. but seven guys on the ice is a penalty, and the refs blew that one too. 
Yeah, and Trotz lost his mind, and he should. You know what's interesting about uh, the NHL? I would think that that would be a reviewable play, right? But it's not. It's not something they go back and look at. Well, it's it's hard because a couple things. One, they let players come on the ice before the other guy's off. I mean, and it's kind of based on time and space. I mean, at that point, the players aren't anywhere near the bench, so they'll Mm -hmm. give you a little more leeway to come off a little earlier than – if the puck was right by the bench. Right. So if you were to review that, I mean, that one was an egregious one, and, and if you reviewed it, it should be. But And this is why I can't stand replay, first of all, because the goal of replay is to get it right, but yet we can't review half the stuff that happens in a game. Right. It if doesn't matter review the sport. All of it, it doesn't matter the sport, yeah. baseball, football, hockey. I'm like, right. if the goal, if, if, if you're, the whole reason for replay is to get it right, then everything needs to be reviewable. Now, I, I don't want that to happen because I, I think the game games would take, take four hours. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I can't stand the fact that you get to go to the monitor before deciding whether to challenge something. I mean, I think in baseball or whatever, it should be I'm challenging right now. Yeah. You know, no, not this. Hold on. Well, let's go back here. Oh, but, yeah. But yeah. that's a whole different show and whatever else. But, I mean, the officiating tonight blew two calls. Absolutely blew two calls and started to lose control of the game and the physical aspect of it, too. Right. Um, I didn't think they were throwing enough guys in the box when it started to get really physical after point was shoved into Varlamov and and I understand why the Islanders reacted on point but you know that should have been a lightning power play not a not an Islander power play. Yeah. No, it was it was a bad call and Adam uh Pellet got away with it and and uh you know Varlamov fortunately was okay. He did come back. Um that every, no one wants to see a guy get hurt. Obviously Point said that afterward too. Um Vasilevsky's uh saves protecting the lead uh he he stopped the one by uh traffic uh uh zajac and then there was the uh uh paula mary the rebound with that sweeping glove that that's one of the best saves i've seen um you know he's he's done everything he can but score and at the last second vasilevsky you know swipes his glove at it and and you know saves it off the far post it was He's so good anyway, but in the postseason, I swear this guy dials it up to a level that that is is as good as anybody's ever been. Well, it's just and, and, and part of that ten and zero record after a loss is because Vasilevsky is really good after a loss. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that, reg, regular yeah. season or playoffs, he does not he does not usually have a bad game after a loss. He's usually dialed in even more so, even in the right. regular season. Right, twenty four saves, uh, including another kick save. Uh, from uh, on on the shot, look, the game was nearly tied. Seven seconds uh, left in the second period. Um, what was it? Anthony uh, was a Bouvier. Bouvier. Uh, Bouvier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. He had that great shot and, mm-hmm. and, a, and a save right there. If you don't want to go into that situation, um, you know, giving up a goal, it would have been you know, it's always an emotional downer when you do that. How about this? How about Jan Ruda, who hadn't <laughs> scored a goal? In 47 regular season and playoff games, absolutely blast one, right, uh, from inside the blue line. And you talk about a, a puck that had eyes. It sneaks in just on the right side. It goes through two Islander players and then, you know, top far corner of the net. I mean, what a shot by Ruda. What a great time to get it, too. If you had Jan Ruda as the first Lightning defenseman <laughs> to score a goal in the playoffs, <laughs> You should have been playing the lottery as well. <laughs> yeah. Give me the numbers because you're we're going to Hollywood. But yeah, I mean that was that was sensational. You know, we went into this game. 
I know after the game one, there was a lot of questions about, hey, um, you know, no one scored on the defense the entire postseason. Well, un- until you know, until they lost game one, uh, you know, the other day on Sunday, it didn't matter, right? Well, I mean, they they dominated pretty much every series they had played in. You'd like to see it, but it wasn't it wasn't something that you, you know, as Victor Heaven said, we're not going into the game saying, "Hey, if we could just get more offense from the defense," you know, they well, were winning games. Some of that criticism is not fair because, for instance, Victor Hedman is third in the NHL in assists going into this game in the playoffs. Sure, you know, it's not it's not like the defense. I think if you look at their their assist on the, the defense, it's one of top two in the in the playoffs at this point. Their defense is contributing. They just haven't put the, you know, it's been tipped, it's been deflected, yeah. it's a rebound. It's it's not like the, the defense hasn't been contributing offensively at all. That, that's right. far from what happened in, in, in this in this playoffs for the Lightning. They just hadn't got any in the net before tonight. Now they got two because Victor Hedman gets the fourth goal. That's right tonight. Um, but you know, the, if you looked at David Savard's been really aggressive offensively. Uh, Mikhail Sergachev, of course, uh, you know, their defenses, their defensemen, I should say, are, are active in the offensive zone. They just hadn't gotten any in the net at this point. Um, but, you know, it, it, the, the criticism is, is I, I thought, unfair because of, they have been contributing. They just didn't, you know, they've been getting lots of assists, just not the, the, the goal scoring. You know, it's, it's not like their defense was just sitting back not doing anything in the offensive zone. Well, in last year, I I could be wrong about this. I think Hedman had ten goals in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, That's why I won he, the Conn Smythe. He I mean. won the Conn Smythe as a result of it. So, you know, that that was a historic performance by him. Uh, just just you know for his his goals alone. So, uh, and he's certainly like you said contributing in other ways with assists and and, and that sort of thing. So, um, terrific game. I'll say this: these two teams are really evenly matched. This this is. You know, with Varmalar uh, Lamov and and just that whole that whole Islanders team, they're not going away. This series is going six or seven. I think it might be one of those where the home ice does matter if you're going to play a game seven, if they can uh, you know get it there uh, or if it has to go there. And I, you know, both these teams are really good. <laughs> I mean, you don't get to this level mm-hmm. right. Uh, you're in the final four now. They're, they're both. They're, there's going to be. There's going to be push and pull in this series and back and forth, I think, um, until we get to a, probably a Game 7. That's just the way I, I see it right now. Well, and we talked after Sunday's game. The Islanders played a near-perfect game on Sunday. They did. They did not tonight. They took five pen, you know, gave five power plays to the Lightning, which, and Barry Trotz even mentioned it after the game. He says, hey, we held them to 20%, which is half of what they've been scoring in, in the playoffs on the power play. But we bad can't take five penalties a game. Right. You know, I mean, the Islanders, and, and credit the Lightning, too, for pushing back and, and playing a much better game, but the Islanders did not play a perfect game tonight. I mean, the question is, is can the Islanders put four games good enough together to beat the Lightning, who are the right. defending sta- champs? And the Lightning have to really put good. four together to beat the Islanders, who are really mm-hmm. good. Yeah. And, and, you know, they faced off in the, the Eastern Conference Finals last season and went to six games. So, yeah. you know, no, this is these are two really good teams, different systems, different structures. Um, there's going to be lots of ebbs and flows in this series. Now, you know, they're going to get to go up to the Coliseum, which is probably the loudest arena in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the low ceilings in there, the old barn, the, you know, all that makes it really loud. And I think, I think lightning players are going to embrace it. I mean, they're five and one on the road in the playoffs this year. Right. Um, and they tend to play better on the road than they do at home in the playoffs. Now we'll see if that continues this year, but 
You know, and and look, if you're the Lightning, you just need to take one of two up there, and you'll That's take right. home ice back. That's I mean, right. You didn't. You didn't let. You didn't let the Islanders do what you did to the the Panthers and the the Hurricanes of losing both games at home. Right. You took that well, second game, and so now it just takes one game up there, one out of the two, and you get home ice back. I go back to and and I remember years ago Tortorella saying this that he would rather start a series on the road simply because mm-hmm. there is I, I and we've talked about that there is so much pressure I think in terms of not really pressure but like an expectation mm-hmm. you know you want to perform these guys are performers and and remember last year they played in a bubble right they had to get this done with no fans which I think is incredibly hard for professional athletes I know you know covering football early in in the 2020 season was was difficult for those guys um, because at the end of the day, they like being on stage and to be on stage, you can't, it can't be a rehearsal. It can't feel like a rehearsal. It has to feel like a performance. And, you know, when they're playing at home, you know, maybe they try to make the spectacular play. Maybe they want to be uh, entertaining. And, and I think what they did in game two was play a little more discipline, get pucks deep, win battles, uh, just their effort level, you know, they weren't going to be denied. They 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 won a lot of battles, um, you know, and, and I, I just think that they play – when they play that way, when they play the right way, the way that, you know, you you, you got to be smart. You you know, even though they, they had some turnovers, they still had some turnovers. Vasilevsky still, you know, bailed them out on some. But you're going to – that's he's going to do that, right? That That's why he's the greatest in the world. But overall, they played a much cleaner game, a much smarter game. The only thing that that I was surprised is that, you know, it was so physical that I thought they were going to get themselves in trouble by getting in the box, and you know, a little more than they than they did. So that's the one thing you can't do is take a ton of penalties, you know, in 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 the playoffs. But um, overall, it was boy, what an entertaining game! It was it was phenomenal to watch. I'm sure if you're at the arena. Um, some friends of mine when it had to just be it sounded like it was electric in there and no pun intended it was it was loud coming across the tv which tells me it was very loud in the building well, marty st louis was there cameron Brait was there from the buccaneers well, there you go um yeah it was uh it was a fun place and now we know for sure that game five will be monday in amelie arena so because there right. will be a game five in the series so and i think they're all going to be at eight o'clock from here on out that's correct the whole series is eight o'clock so yeah. So, so late nights for us. <laughs> late late nights with uh <laughs> with Steve and Rick. Hey everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Um, okay, let's talk. We could do a whole show on this, but we're going to touch on it. Uh, the Rays lost to the uh, White Sox 3 to nothing, but that's not the big news, of course. The big story. How about this, though? Co- how about before we – they lost 3 yeah. nothing. First time since May 8th they lost by more than two runs. Yeah, it's incredible. They had had seven losses or five loss. What was it, seven? Five losses, I think, and, and it was by a total of seven runs until until uh, the until last night, yep. I believe. That's an incredible run. Oh, it's just, I mean, it's, it's phenomenal. And it's, you know, 
good for Dallas Keiko, I guess, shut up, you know, pitch the shutout or help pitch the shutout. He was very, very good. Um, look, the White Sox are a good team, and the series is now 1-1. They have an afternoon game today to wrap it up. But the big story uh, going into the game, and, of course, coming out of, I guess, would have been Monday night's game, is Tyler Glass now and the unfortunate injury uh, that he has suffered, which, you know, it looks like uh, he has he has the UCL injury. And um, I, what was sad about it is – he he talked again on Tuesday. Only this time, he had the news right coming out of the game. He was trying to be, uh, you know, hopeful. Uh, they said it was elbow uh, inflammation, that sort of thing. Which whenever whenever you hear elbow um, and and you see the forearm strain and and you saw what he was doing with his arm, you kind of know where you're headed here. And they're going to wait and see, you know, if this thing can calm down, if there's any way he can rehab it and maybe get back for the postseason. But in reality, it, it, there's there's a really good chance his his year is over, and maybe not just this year, but next year too. And it's heartbreaking because this guy, uh, I think, was becoming a favorite in the American League to win the Cy Young. I, I just felt like the way he was pitching, the stuff he has, um, he was on that glide path, and he's the absolute ace of their staff. And it's going to be hard to replace. You can't replace him. And I don't know what this is going to do to the Rays. I still think that they're a contending team. I still think they'll get in the playoffs. I don't know you can win a seven-game series against a really good baseball team without your ace, um, who would be going up against the other team's ace three times if it went to seven games. So that said, he he talked about it on Tuesday, and he said this. He's 100% certain that his torn UCL injury as a partial tear was caused by recent major league directives that prohibit pitchers from using sticky substances to help them grip the baseball. And what he had done a couple games ago, he did this against the Washington Nationals. He stopped using what he uses, which is not a, you know, not a a really crazy thing. He just uses sunscreen and some rosin, but that helps him grip the ball. He said two games ago, uh, he stopped using it because of the directive from Major League Baseball. And, he said he had to squeeze the ball as hard as he ever has. And, you know, he says, you know, you go from a, a flex muscle with the grip, trying to grip the ball, uh, to letting it go. And, and he said he woke up, even though he pitched maybe one of his best games of the year against the Nationals, he said he woke up after that game hurting in places he had never felt before. And then he goes into the game on Monday night, and he's cruising along, and all of it sort of is accumulative, I guess. And he says he goes in the game and he, and he pops it. Um, and he says, you know, I just threw 80 something innings this year. And you just told me I can't use anything and I have to change everything. And I truly believe 100%. This is glass now saying this. That's why I got hurt. I'm frustrated that MLB doesn't uh, understand. You can't just tell us to use nothing. It's crazy. My lifelong dream is I want to win a Cy Young and be an all-star. And now it's over. Now I have to try to rehab and come back in the playoffs. I'm clearly frustrated. You can't tell us to use nothing. How do you feel about Glass now and his belief that baseball's directive to stop using stuff to help them grip the ball is responsible for his injury? The question is, is it responsible? And I don't know. I agree with his frustrations that you've let this go for years. Mm-hmm. Years, 
mm-hmm. and, and in the middle of a season you're going to change it. Yeah, seems a, and I hadn't thought about the injury part of it when you know the fir- the new start first started coming out about a week or so ago. Never crossed my mind that it would result in this. Never did. You know now. I don't think baseball is trying to stop. I mean, there's still rosin bags behind the mound and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They're trying to stop the the really the the spider tax the, the those kind of things. The wide glass now all of a sudden went cold turkey when most people have said, "I'm still doing those something. combinations are okay." Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, and and. Well, maybe he look. Maybe he was decided well, that I'm, it's not worth it to me to get suspended. I'm going to go by the letter of the yeah. law. Mm-hmm. They're checking, uh, you know, until until it, it yeah. kind of blows over. I'm I'm going to do the right thing, you know. I mean, and the, uh, we we don't know if that's actually what caused it, but he's got a point of I've never felt pain like this until I stopped using that stuff and I'm gripping the ball harder because and, yeah. and, and pitchers for years have complained the balls are slick and and. Also, I saw a thread from a, a former pitcher. Um, I'll have to f- f- see if I can find it. But talking about eliminating the spider tack in that, and he says the biggest problem is the baseballs. Every baseball you grab feels different. Mm-hmm. One's slicker. One's got laces that are higher or less. That Every ball is different, and, and pitchers rubbing up the balls is trying to get a consistent feel to the ball. Mm-hmm. So when they throw it, it's the same every time. It says the balls are so inconsistent. And, and you know, and, and this pitcher was like, you know, I'm not opposed to not using that stuff, but the balls have to be better. If you're, if you're going to do that, the balls can't be slick. They can't be, you know, it's got to be something that the pitchers can get consistently that every ball they get is the same. He goes, he goes now that you can't rub anything up, pitchers are going to get balls and throw them out. And want another, but you're yeah. gonna you're gonna lengthen the game in that regard, and and that wasn't his main part of the argument, but it was just the the balls aren't there's no consistency from them from baseball, which is why pitchers rub them up, which is you know you see them go through all kinds of stuff before they throw a pitch. It's trying to make the ball the same every time, so that their motion, their their feel, that everything happens is the exact same. Tyler Glass now changes that for him and after that first start he changes it he's got pain and by the second one he's got a partial tear of his ucl and he's probably out for the season yeah i mean it it could be an unintended consequence of this and it could just be the physiology of tyler glass now and it could be that you know uh, there was a cumulative uh effect uh of him throwing as hard as he does as long as he does um, you know, the, we've talked about this. The biggest change in the game is velocity. Uh, the biggest change is that uh, most pitchers now are told, go out there, maximum effort, every pitch, throw as hard as you can for as long as you can. We'll get you after twice through the lineup. That has been or has become what pitchers do. Now, spin rate has been, a you know, is a big buzzword now in baseball uh, uh, you know, for pitchers. And I think you know where Major League Baseball breaks down here is they saw a game that was not going the direction they wanted it to. I think they deadened the baseballs. I think they wanted more balls in play. I think they felt like you know that it was home run or strikeout, and and that was not exciting. And so I absolutely believe since they make the balls that they can make them lively, livelier or or deader. Um, but having said that, you know. The pitchers were dominating, and we were seeing you know batting averages you know in the two twenties 
for for whole teams. And and I think baseball was looking for a smoking gun and something they could fix to make their game have a paradigm shift in the middle of a season. And they said, "Aha, it's the spider spider tech, what whatever it was." And so, you know, this is what they went after. And maybe an unintended consequence is just what Tyler Glass now is saying. All we know is that for him, um, he had to grip the ball a different way. He says, look, I, I don't need – I just needed sunscreen, a little bit of sunscreen, um, you know, rosin, whatever. He goes, I got big hands. Spin rate is not a problem for me. Um, but after throwing that Washington game, I was sore. I was sore in places I, I normally wasn't sore. You have to take him at his word, you know. You, you have, Whether he was – you know, he, he already had an issue and this exacerbated it, who knows. But for him, this is his experience. I'm not going to tell him he's wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's other factors with the number of, of arm injuries we see in baseball these days. It's tragic. And, and I'll be honest with you. Um, I, don't know that the, I don't know that the Rays can overcome this. And I don't mean in a way that they're going to miss the playoffs or you know, maybe even they win the American League East. I don't know, even though that race is incredibly tight with the Red Sox despite this run that they're on. But when you've got a pitcher like Glass now who has really emerged as uh, not just the ace of your staff, but one of the best in baseball, he was 5-2. and two. His ERA was two six six. He had 123 strikeouts in, in just 88 innings, okay? And what this is about is the postseason. I mean, we know the Rays can spackle together a pitching staff. You know, they've been far better than every year than anybody anticipates. Rich Hill... Is forty one. He was the pitcher of the month. Um, you know they still got Michael Waka. You know they they got guys that can you know try to push up from Durham. I mean they will they will find somebody to eat up these innings. But what it, where it's going to really affect you, in my opinion, is when you get to the postseason and you're in a seven game series and you need your ace to throw three of those games against their ace, who's going to pitch three of those games. You won't have Tyler Glass now. And you're not going to have anybody that's going to approach what Tyler Glass now may have done. Um, and I think that's that's a tremendous loss, not to mention, you know, you, you could lose him for all of Latin next year as well if and when he can't come back and he has to have, you know, the only reason why they're not doing anything now is he's out for the year. If he, if he goes and has surgery tomorrow, you, you've lost him for the rest of this year and probably most of next. If, you know, if he waits and he has surgery, you well, you've lost him for next year anyway. So, um, at this point, I don't think there's there's much reason to, you know, to to, to go ahead and, and have it and see if he can make it back. But um, this is this is not something that's insignificant. Uh, and and I know that sounds trite on its surface. Of course, you lost your race. No, I really think this is a this is a devastating blow to them. Devastating to their to their pitching. Well, it is because I mean you've lost your best pitcher. And just think, you know, the last year your team that went to the World Series, your top three mm-hmm. pitchers are gone now. Right. All three of them, yeah. Um, now, Rich Hill's been a very pleasant surprise. I mean, I think they expect him to do well, probably not as well as he's done. Right. McClanahan's done pretty well, although I think he's starting to – it's time for him to start making some adjustments now back to the hitters who are adjusting to him a little bit, which right. is normal in, in a young pitcher. Mm-hmm. But one of the problems they have now is they have four starting pitchers, essentially, outside of glass now that they use, and they're right. all lefties. Josh, Josh Fleming, Fleming, Rich Hill, mm-hmm. Shane McClanahan, Ryan Yarbrough. That's right. Waka's a right-hander. Mm-hmm. Um, and now you've got guys in the minors. You're going to need to see Luis Patino step up. or No doubt. Brent Honeywell. 
mm-hmm. or Drew Rasmussen, who was the other pitcher they got in the trade from the Brewers for Willie Adamas. Yeah. We're gonna the Rays are gonna need those guys to step up more because they're gonna need some right handed long pitchers. And maybe you know. Chris Archer comes back. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. I, I don't know what you're gonna get from him, but yeah, and those are not the same quality guys of of a Tyler Glass. Now he's a special, yeah. special player. And I it's, think it's, you know, I, I agree with you. I think they can piece it together through the regular season and, and continue to to be on a roll and do what they're doing. The question is, when it comes playoff time. Do they right. have enough high quality arms like that? Yeah, Glasnow's was elite. I mean, he was the best arm in that staff. And if you're in a series with, you know, uh, well, it was a World Series with the Dodgers, but I mean, if you're in a series with the Yankees, um, and you're going to face their best three times, and you're running, who are you running out there? Rich, you're telling me Rich Hill? We don't even know what Rich Hill will have come the end of the season. I mean, they're managing his innings. And rightfully so, but he is forty-one years old. It, it, it's fair to say that the longer he goes into this year, he's not going to be better with age and better with work. Um, you know, tremendous start for him so oh, far. Tom Brady great, was great month. Uh, well, yeah, but don't you know, come on. Let's not be ridiculous. Um, yeah, even though he credits, you know, he's inspired. They're all inspired by Tom Brady. Um, maybe Tom Brady can throw a few innings. That that I would see. But I, I, I just think it's it's terrible. It, it's a terrible, terrible, terrible loss. Um, and you, you just, man, you just feel for the kid because everything he wanted in baseball he was getting and he had earned, and um, it was all there for him, including the All-Star game, which is around the corner. It's just a shame that this had to happen. And I hope that baseball doesn't have more of these injuries as a result of you know their overzealousness or swinging the pendulum the other way. Um, you know, it's it's such a reactionary. And I think that's the problem with baseball. To me, baseball, the way it's going is they're just – it's reactionary, right? There's no leadership here. It's just, oh, uh, you know, let's stomp out this fire over here. Oh, oh, too many home runs? Okay, well, what about this? Oh, well, you know, oh, the pitchers are, are, are getting too much spin rate? Then let's take away that. There's no leadership here. It, it's just, you know, they're just putting out fires, and none, none of it seems to be working right. There's never been leadership in baseball. I mean, true. The steroid era. The only reason it came to an end was because Congress said we're going to look at your antitrust exemption. Oh, That's okay. True. Now we care about it. Yeah, you're right. I mean, they they knew for they, they knew made for a, a lot generation of generation that it was going on. Yeah, they knew it. Yeah, yeah. They, the home run did, race. I mean, them and the players' union. They're both culpable in that regard. Sure. Wanted to do nothing about it. Right. Until Congress yeah. said, "Oh, we're going to look at. You. Oh, oh, now we care." Okay. Hmm. Hmm. You know, baseball's always been a reactionary sport. Yeah, it's bad. It's a it's you know poorly run, and and uh, I'm sorry that Glass now is going through this. But man, what a what a tough break for that kid and and for that team. And I'll tell you what, and this had nothing to do with the way Keiko pitched. Right? I think there's I think there's an emotional letdown when you go through something like that as a ball club. You can't tell me those guys are all human beings in that clubhouse. You can't tell me there wasn't a, a malaise, a pall over that team when they realized that he's done. And when they realized uh, how upset he is and how emotional he was uh, when he talked to the reporters on Tuesday, and, and maybe that doesn't affect Randy Rosarino when he goes to the plate, I don't know. But but overall, that's a shock to your baseball team, and I'm not surprised that they didn't play their best game. Um, you know, and, and and basically were shut out for one of the few times this year. You know, on Tuesday night, we'll see what they do. They bounce back on Wednesday. 
We've got uh, a day off, of course, uh, between uh, NHL games as the uh, Lightning will head up now to uh, the barn uh, in Long Island and uh, go up there and, and play the Islanders. Tom Jones will join us, right? We're going to have him That's on the correct. podcast. Yes, he'll be on tomorrow's show. So Fantastic. So lots to look forward to. Um, we've got, uh, we'll get to this tomorrow a little bit, some back and forth. Of course, we've got the match coming up with, uh, Tom Brady and uh, Phil Mickelson against Bryson DeChambeau and Aaron Rodgers. They had a lot of smack talk that was going on. That was awesome. <laughs> and, uh, uh, we can talk about that later in the week as well. So keep it right here for Steve Versnick and a very late lightning win four to two over the Islanders. I'm Rick Stroud, the Tampa Bay times. Have a great day, everybody. 